You're listening to Clearing the Haze, episode number 71, Indesa Executive Board Interview with Chairman Jim Greer. Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. Success on any major scale requires you to accept responsibility. In the final analysis, the one quality that all successful people have is the ability to take on responsibility. Michael Corda, Editor-in-Chief of Simon Schuster. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. And today we're going to be interviewing Indesa Chairman Jim Greer of the Executive Board. Jim currently serves as the Chairman of Indesa. Previously, he served as the Governmental Affairs Committee Chairman and was a founding organizing member and industry advisor of the association. He is the President and CEO of Accredited Drug Testing, Inc. and Coastal Drug Testing, Inc. and Smart Drug Testing, Inc. And now, our interview with Jim. Of Indesa Chairman uh, Jim Greer meeting with us today to talk to us about his run as chairman for Indesa and his background and some of the things that he's been doing. Um, you've heard a lot from candidates this this past week that are running for positions that are vacated on the board and uh, hearing what their stories are and why they're wanting to serve you on the board of trustees. And uh, we felt it was important to be able to reach out to them and to have them here on the show. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, just remember that um, these interviews are, are for everyone in our industry. So if you know of people that um, would be interested in these industry interviews, to please forward that to them. And with that, Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chuck. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast again. Uh, I always enjoy getting on here and talking to you and um, having our listeners and uh, people that view this um, from around the country. I know we've talked about a lot of interesting things over the course of the years that affect the drug testing industry. Um, but certainly as, a, uh, as the candidate for reelection to the board and uh, uh, beginning my second term as chairman of the association, I think this is a very unique opportunity to talk about where we are and uh, what uh, what has happened with the association under the board's leadership, uh, which includes yourself, and um, uh, where I see the association going. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, um, serving another term as, as a member of the board and as chairman of the association if I have the privilege of being reelected by the membership. So... Well, that's great. I've, I've worked with you uh, pretty closely throughout the, the tenure of, of Indesa from the beginning and where we first uh, met each other as we were all getting together um, back in 2018, trying to put this, at that point, a dream together uh, for this industry. And, and uh, knowing that there were several of us that felt that there were things that needed to be addressed in our industry and and how we could best do that and, and make that opportunity available to others to be able to serve as well. So can you tell us a little bit about um, 
how you came about being involved in Indesa and a little bit of your background in case we have people that don't know that much about you. Sure. Well, uh, my first involvement with the drug testing industry was in 1993. Uh, I founded a company uh, called Florida Drug Screening. Uh, I founded it with Joe Riley, who many people in the industry know. And uh, uh, Joe and I worked that company together for years. And then I went off and started another company that became successful. And um, uh, so my first involvement with the drug testing industry was in 1992, 93. Um, about, uh, I guess, eight, nine years ago, uh, I founded uh, accredited drug testing. And it took off uh, quite well, uh, became a national leader in drug and alcohol testing throughout the country and DNA testing and, and um, founded another company for uh, locations at ports called Coastal Drug Testing that primarily focuses on U.S. Coast Guard testing. Um, so um, my involvement in the industry goes back many years. Um, Previously, uh, how did I become involved with Endesa? Uh, well, I was involved with another association, as many people were in the industry, and I uh, felt, as others did, that the other association was not transparent in its financial matters, um, that the board of directors uh, had no real authority to govern the uh, staff or the direction of the association. And there was just a lot of issues that I, that I and others felt needed to be addressed as it relates to the nation's drug testing industry that that association was failing to do. So uh, as, as good leaders do, uh, we saw a need to, to do something that needed to be done. And uh, uh, we got together. Um, uh, I can remember the phone call when I spoke to one or two other people about forming the association. And then we had leaders such as yourself join us at the beginning. And uh, we met in Washington, D.C. with an idea, uh, which all good things start with an idea. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we started with an idea and uh, formed the first board of directors, which you were a member of. And um, at the beginning, I was an industry advisor to the board of directors. Um, and then I became chairman of the governmental affairs committee of the association. And then I was elected to the board of directors. And then three years ago, I was elected chairman of the association. And then last year I was reelected chairman of the association for another term. So in the middle of all that, I also have to be reelected to the board of directors. So that's where we are today. Um, and, and that's how the association came to be. It truly saw a need, a void in our industry of having anyone representing our interest in Washington. Uh, providing member benefits, being transparent, and and uh, that's that, that's where we started from, and 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 look at where we are today. It's an amazing, awesome. amazing story. It, it's it's just incredible to see where we were, what ten or twelve of us having got together and, and bouncing these ideas off of each other, and deciding to go ahead and do this, and to see where we're at now, and the growth that Indesa has realized in. Um, it, it's just been incredible to be able to see that happen. Um, so, Jim, you were you were talking about as, as being an, an advisor um, prior to becoming the chairman, and so I, I, I feel it's obvious that, that you've been on boards and and seen how they've run in the past. Can you 
tell us a little bit about that background and how you um, came to be knowledgeable in this industry and, and how it's been able to help you as the chairman in Indesa. Sure. Well, I've had a, uh, I've had a uh, quite a, <laughs> an extensive career and a little bit of everything I touch, you know, jack of all trades or what do they say, expert, uh, touch something. But yeah, um, I, uh, my background originally going back 35 years was uh, regulatory law. Uh, regulatory Ooh. law, uh, primarily alcoholic beverage law, was my my uh, expertise um, throughout the nation, and and I founded a company when I was 21 years old called Regulatory Compliance Services. Wow! And uh, it uh, it took off nationwide. It had offices all across the country, and uh, we had employees all across the country. And I had it for 25 years, and then I sold wow. it to a much larger company. And uh, I dabbled in the political field a little bit. Uh, I've been elected to public office five times in my career. I've run six and, and made it five out of six. So I think those are pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I did lose a uh, House seat when I was 24. Uh, I was the Republican nominee running in a Democratic district. But, uh, wow. um, uh, but the other times I, I managed to win, and which was a privilege, the voters cast their vote for me. Um, and I have been um, on many boards over my career. I, I've served on the Chamber of Commerce boards twice. Um, and I, I've served on the uh, uh, Board of Trustees for the college um, and uh, been on, just been on many, many boards. I've served as president of our Rotary Club. I'm a Paul Harris fellow within Rotary. Um, so I've had a, a great deal of experience of serving on boards. I served on as chairman of the National Licensed Beverage Association. I served as chairman of um, Regulatory Compliance Association of America. Um, I served as the chairman of the Florida Hospitality Association. So I've had the opportunity over the years to gain a lot of experience in serving on board of directors and nonprofit associations. And um, uh, I just enjoy it. I like giving back to the community, giving back to the industry I'm involved in. Um, and uh, whether it's, uh, you know, serving on the board of directors or whether it's walking up and down a road, picking up garbage, as I've done with my Rotary Club many times. Um, yeah. So uh, that that's kind of my experience. I, I went to uh, 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 University of Central Florida. I was a part of the uh, public policy program there. Uh, I graduated a year and a half ago from Cornell University's executive management program, which is really probably the highlight of my professional experience because it was a program that uh, took quite some time. It was about two years and it taught me a lot uh, about how to manage a company. And, you know, every CEO thinks they know everything, uh, but I found out that that wasn't true. Um, I actually knew that before I took the course. But, uh, <laughs> and, you know, so I've had an opportunity to, to do a lot of things and uh, um, it's given me a lot of experience and uh, I try and use that whenever the, the need arises for that experience. You know, I, I remember sitting in the room and I was talking about committees and how we were going to structure this. And I thought that your input at that time was very unique. And I, I've been on committees and in, in boards before, but I hadn't had the perspective that I got the day that I heard you talking about it. 
and that was that if this membership was going to be uh, for the members, that they needed to be allowed to participate and not just uh, be voted into a committee. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard something like that. I always thought that that just was the way it was. And then you kind of expanded on that. And I think that that's what has truly made Indesa unique is allowing people that have a passion for certain things to be involved and to be able to give their input. And I know that um, as the chairman, you've been, and I'm on several committees, as you know, but um, I see you going into these committees and, and still giving um, some, some leadership and some perspective that a lot of us, because of your experience, either didn't realize or, um, you know, I, I often tell people that it's hard to see the label when you're inside the bottle to have somebody on the outside seeing things that you're going to miss. And um, it's been, it's been pretty uh, amazing for me to be able to pick up on some of those things that you've taught and you've uh, led us with. Having said that, uh, the governmental affairs committee, can you talk a little bit about that committee specifically, just because um, I think it was really key with you being the, the committee chair and where you have led that committee up until now where we have uh, Phil Dubois, who's, who's the governmental affairs right. chairman at this point. But I, I think that a lot of people don't really realize what a governmental affairs committee does and what the idea behind that is. So if you have, if you could take some time to talk about that, if you would. Sure. Well, I think one of the, the founding principles of our association was that there needed to be representation of the drug testing industry, of drug testing providers um, in Washington, D.C., and, and throughout the states, because there was so much happening. Um, marijuana legalization, uh, the ability of employers to be a drug-free workplace. Uh, and if you don't have a seat at the table when the decisions are made, uh, then they get made without you and without your input. And one of the things that I saw that the industry lacked was any uh, association or any organization um, being present when those decisions were being made. So when we went around to members of Congress and, and legislators and we talked about the drug testing industry and we talked about uh, Endesa, um, one of our biggest surprises that we all got was that everyone said we had no idea that there was an association that represented the drug testing industry. Uh, and we said, well, yes, there is, and here we are, and we may not have been here in the past, but we are gonna be here in the future. And I was a strong advocate that we should have a very active governmental affairs committee. Uh, in conjunction with that, we formed a political action committee, which is a PAC, where we can make contributions to um, members of Congress who support our industry and uh, support an employer's right to be a drug-free workplace and public safety. So at the same time, we, we got an active governmental affairs committee together, Chuck. We also formed a political action committee that can participate by making campaign contributions to the right candidates. And that governmental affairs committee has been extremely active and the members of that committee and the chairs of that committee uh, with Phil and Brian and others have done a wonderful job in making sure that we're aware of any 
uh, changes that might be coming down the pike regarding laws, uh, marijuana legalization, um, and particularly uh, our association, while we don't take an official position on the marijuana issue, the legalization issue, we are very active in making sure that any legislation that occurs uh, has a carve out, a safety carve out mm -hmm. for DOT. So that if, if federal legislation someday legalizes marijuana on the federal level, DOT regulated employees would continue to be tested for marijuana. Because we think everyone understands that you don't want your airline pilot to be smoking marijuana an hour before he flies you to Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> so so the, the bottom line with that is uh, one of our biggest achievements is having an active governmental affairs committee uh, mm -hmm. representing our interests and being a, an active stakeholder when the decisions are made in Washington. You know, I think it was truly amazing when we went back and we were there on the Hill and we went and visited with these senators and uh, Congress people and stuff, because I had always thought or been told that our industry had an active governmental affairs or PAC at that point. And then to go in and see these people in to see their expression on their faces and, and say they had no clue as to who we were. Um, I, I, at that moment, I knew how powerful it would be um, to have this and to be able to move forward with it. So um, that's, that was one of my deciding factors of needing to be involved in that, in that committee. And um, it's been really interesting to see um, the different things that have been able to be addressed because of not only the people that are in there, but other members throughout the country that have come to us with things that we didn't even know about, but they're dealing with right there in their own backyard. Um, yep. So it's been it's been really a really great committee to be part of. And you know, you know, Chuck, just to follow up, if you if you know, if uh, all it takes is a stroke of a pen, a vote, and a stroke of a pen, and the entire drug testing industry could be turned upside down. Uh, and uh, having us there and present and active and keeping up. And working in coalitions, we work in coalitions with the American Trucking Association, with the National Safety Council. Um, so we're there when, when, it, when there's a faint uh, whisper about doing anything to the employer's right to be a drug-free workplace or drug testing nationwide. Uh, and DASA is right there at the beginning when the conversation starts. And that's crucial. It's very yeah. important. It is. It is. And it, it was, like I said, it was so apparent when we went back there. Um, and I know that we're planning on having a, another day up on the hill at some point later this year. Uh, we had to put that off because of uh, the COVID uh, restrictions and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to when we decide to do that, because I, like I said, I, I saw the impact that it had. And for those that are listening, if you're not on the Governmental Affairs Committee and you're wanting to be involved in stuff like that, I, I would highly encourage it because there's it's just an amazing opportunity to be able to do that and to learn. Um, Jim, you have, you have goals and, and aspirations for this, for this uh, organization, and, and I've heard them many times, but I want to give you an opportunity um, to share your vision and, and what goals you have as not only a chairman, but being on the executive board and maybe where you see Indesa within the next five years or so. Well, that's a very good question, and, and I've given that a lot of thought. Um, first, I would tell you that uh, when we formed the association years ago, 
we held a, a strategic planning session with the board. Uh, everybody came together, if you recall, mm-hmm. and we put together a one, three, and five-year plan. Uh, and, and as we move forward um, in the event and with the hopes of being reelected, um, I would like to bring the board together again to uh, see where we are in that plan uh, and look to the next uh, one, three, and five years. But from my own personal perspective, uh, I would like to see the association continue to uh, be engaged in all aspects of the industry. I want to make sure that anybody who touches the drug testing industry or the alcohol testing industry, uh, we have a relationship with, uh, whether it be uh, an employer, whether it be a small drug testing company, whether it be a small collection site, or whether it be the National Safety Council, who indirectly touches what we do. Uh, I want to make sure that our association has a relationship with every stakeholder and that our association is recognized as the only leader when it comes to the voice of the nation's drug testing industry. I believe as we continue to grow, and and we are literally growing on a weekly basis, that uh, people, whether it be in government or outside of government, uh, will continue to look to Indesa for information, for expertise, for answers to their questions about the drug testing industry. And I, and I wanna see Indesa continue down that path uh, of being the voice of the nation's drug testing industry. Uh, now, beyond that, from a broad perspective, I would like to see us enhance our Indesa University programs, which are our training programs and accreditation programs for collector training, for DER training, for um, uh, breath alcohol training, Uh, for all the modes uh, that we have training for. I'd like us to really expand and focus on uh, what we call Indesa University, uh, because I would like to see the level of um, training uh, be raised across the board, across the country for collectors and DERs and, and, and people that touch our industry. They need to know what they're doing. When you call a collection site and you ask them, do they do DOT drug testing? And the young lady says, what's DOT drug testing? Uh, that's not a good sign that that collection site knows what they're doing. And, and we still have that in, in 2022. So I would like to see employers and, and everyone uh, uh, really take advantage of that. I'd like to see our training programs uh, become much more um, uh, important to the industry. Um, and, and as far as the future, I'd also like to make sure that uh, our governmental affairs committee team is always active, is always looking out for what's coming down the road, not just what's happening today. And then the last thing I'd like to see, but has really been accomplished, our national conference, which is coming up May 4th in Indianapolis again this year with General Barry McCafferty, uh, retired four-star general. Um, former drug czar of the United States. I want to see that conference uh, continue to blossom into something that is um, a standard. It's a standard for our industry. It's where people go to find out what's happening across the country. Um, They bring their employees there to take advantage of the information they're given. And we've really been, and Chuck, you know this, our, our annual conference has really been recognized as a premier event. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we bring keynote speakers 
that are important to our industry. We, we don't bring in a comedian from HBO or anything like that. We bring in, you know, we've had uh, um, Secretary Bennett. Uh, we've had the head of SHRM, Johnny C. Taylor Jr. Um, we've had Miss America, who had a platform of, of uh, prevention of drug abuse. And then this coming year, we have General McCaffrey. We've had Mike Lindell, um, who had a story of being an addict to a CEO. Um, so uh, that's what I see the future to hold. But um, uh, when we meet again, hopefully the board of directors will look to where what we've accomplished so far. Because in all honesty, what we've accomplished is an unbelievable uh, event. Uh, no one uh, would have believed four years, maybe five years ago, when we sat down and said, we're going to create a new association, which is going to be transparent, it's going to be member driven, it's going to have a board of directors that's responsive to the members, and, and truly does govern the association. Uh, I can remember being uh, one night uh, at dinner with someone who's now a member of our association, and him telling me what a great uh, uh, endeavor that sounds like, but it's going to be very hard to do. And it was because of leaders like you and our staff and Joe McGuire and, and all the other people that were involved, uh, we have accomplished that goal. Um, so I see the future very bright for the association, um, not to belabor the point, but I'm excited for the next uh, five years of Indesa. I, I am as well. It, like I said in the beginning of our conversation, this is it, it's been amazing to see where we started and where we are at this point. And just to imagine what the future holds and, and what can be accomplished with this organization is just incredible. Jim, I've, I've uh, enjoyed our conversation that we've had today, and I, I hope that um, the members and other listeners of this podcast um, have understood um, what it is that you're wanting to do and, and how you've been a key role, have played a key role in Indesa and, and helping to get it to the point that it's at at this point. Um, if any of our listeners are, are wanting to get a hold of you or if they have any questions, what would be the best way for them to be able to do that? I appreciate that, Chuck. And, and as I've always said, I, I just make a mention, um, since the day I was elected to the board and since three years ago when I was elected chairman, I am always available. Our association is unique because the chairman is not only a member of the board, but the chairman is also the chief executive officer of the association. Um, and with that comes the responsibility to be available to our members. And I'm always available. I have been uh, available at any time, weekends, evenings, it doesn't matter. Any member has a question about anything that's going on in our association or the industry. And I'll continue to do that because I recognize it's a privilege to hold this office as chairman. The uh, way you can reach me always is my cell phone number is 407-342-7094. And you can always shoot me an email at jim at accredited.drugtesting.com. And I'm always available to answer any questions, provide any help I can to any of our members, um, because uh, you truly are the, the, the people that we represent as the board. And, and I never forget that, and our current board never forgets that. And I hope that I'll have the privilege of being reelected to the board and continue, continuing to serve as the chairman for the next three years. I appreciate that. And I, I know that uh, 
that you're very passionate about what it is that you do in this organization. So I am, I'm glad to see that you're, that you're wanting to serve for another term and to be able to invoke that knowledge and understanding to the rest of us. Um, Jim, if you and I were to go to lunch and, and to sit down, I always like to ask, you know, if there's one book or if there's one thing that you've been studying um, that you feel at this point, you would look at me and say, Chuck, you've got to either read this or you need to look into this. What would that be? Uh, it's a book called The Five Temptations of a CEO. <laughs> and uh, it talks about good temptations, bad temptations. Yep. Um, but it, it really is a good book about uh, uh, what CEOs are sometimes tempted to do um, from a natural perspective that they shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it talks a little bit about uh, uh, is, is the, you know, one thing that's chapter about uh, employees, relationships with employees. Uh, what's the difference between counseling an employee and disciplining an employee mm. and, and how important it is to know the distinction and when you should do both. And then it talks about uh, making rash decisions. Um, you know, when, when is a, when is a good time to make a decision and when's not. And one thing I've learned from this book and also learned from old age is I like to sleep on things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, um, you know, probably in my younger days, I'd make a decision and either face the benefits or the consequences the following day. Now, mm -hmm. now I sleep on it a little bit, look at the <laughs> pros and cons and, and, you know, and one thing it talks about in here, which is true, when you sleep on a decision, usually you don't make the, the decision you would have made the day before. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, you might have made it, but you might have modified it. So that's it's a book by Patrick Lacani, um, you know, and it's also he also wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm -hmm. so, so it's a good book to read and it's not real thick and it's not real complicated and and so on. So that's what I'm reading right now. Well, that's awesome. I, I was laughing at the beginning because you're the second person today that's mentioned that book to me. So I, I, just thought it was, I thought it was pretty unique that, you know, <laughs> you just mentioned a book that somebody was telling me about this morning. So that's that's awesome. So I will put in the show notes your your contact information and also the book for those of you that would like to check out the book and um, learn some more nuggets of wisdom as to how you can best run your facility and, and be able to do the things you need to do. Um, before we end, Jim, I just wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge you and, and let you know that what you are doing and what you have done has mattered. And there's a lot of us um, that are grateful for not only the leadership that you have, but also um, the understanding and the ability to help us see that vision of what it is that we're wanting to accomplish. It's not an easy task to um, be running a business, and, and in your case, a couple of businesses in this industry, plus fully give yourself to this organization and be available uh, for anybody that is wanting to know more about this organization and what we do. I, I know you, you've done traveling um, on behalf of the organization. You've had many discussions with um, corporations and leaders within this industry and have been key in, in getting them to look at and base and to understand what our vision is. And so I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you. And um, I look forward to continuing to work with you 
in the future. Well, thank you, Chuck, very much. I appreciate those kind words. And, 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 you know, I do enjoy being the chairman. Someday I'll hand it off to someone else. And I want to make sure I, I hand it off much better than, you know, or at least set it up so that it continues to succeed, which I'm sure it will. But uh, thank you. Thank your wife who's participated in our association. Thank our, just thank everybody. I mean, th th this is a great organization with great members doing great things out there. And uh, uh, I look forward uh, to serving another term on the board, but I'm always available to help anyone I can at any time. So there thank you, go. Chuck. Well, thank you. I look forward to seeing you at the conference in May. And uh, to everybody else, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Clearing the Haze. Just a reminder that the Indesa National Conference will be held May 4th through the 6th, with May 3rd being a pre-conference day where you're able to come in and take some classes that are being offered on that day. There's an incredible lineup. I would advise you to just go over to indesa.com and take a look at that schedule and see if there's a class that you'd like to take prior to the conference beginning. The conference will be in Indianapolis, Indiana. All of the arrangements for a hotel, everything that you would need to know, travel, is all listed there on the Indesa website. So go on over, take a look at that, and get registered to be at the conference. And as always, if you could do us a favor and share this podcast with those in our industry or those that you're in contact that would benefit from this information, it would be greatly appreciated. Until next week, when we bring you another episode of Clearing the Haze, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.